Hello, it's Thomas. It's been a very uh, challenging 24 hours, uh, just for some frame of reference. It's the day after the general election um, of 2020, and we're still waiting to figure out uh, what's next for our nation. The conversation that I'm sharing with you today uh, served as an important reminder for me. You know, I had um, scheduled this with Jeff um, about a week ago, and I spent all day today thinking about reasons why I was too upset or depressed or feeling crappy um, that I should cancel our conversation. Well, the last 45 minutes has served to provide a reminder to me um, on the curative nature of relationships. Um, the conversation I just had is exactly what I needed today. And one of the reasons I decided to start uh, having these conversations and starting this website and podcast is to remind people to not get wrapped up in our daily lives so much that we don't leave the space to talk to the people who are important to us, to talk to the people who are different from us, and to talk to the people who have made us who we are. And the conversation I'm going to share with you today is a reminder of that. I hope that these inspire you to have a conversation with your friends. I want to thank you for uh, coming back. And uh, this is my conversation with my friend, Jeff. How are you, my friend? Hey, Thomas. How's it going? That's a loaded question today, Jeff. <laughs> I know. I've been, I know. I've had CNN on all day long and have been like multitasking, triple tasking. And now I see the, I was going to say the president is about to speak. Joe Biden's about to speak soon. So, um, I mean, we can reschedule if you want to watch. Uh, no, I can pause. And okay. I, this is a great day to talk, actually. But, I, you know, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, yeah, this is an interesting day to have a conversation. Yeah, uh, and I mean, so for me, the the impetus behind are you still there? Oops, yeah, hold on. off. Sorry. No, you can. Don't have to turn on the okay. video. I just didn't know. Uh, the impetus behind all. Oh, you can't see me. There you no. go. No. Oh, the That's impetus, why I was gonna turn my, oh, look, wow, look oh, at you with the setup over there. Okay, good, good. I know. No, the impetus for me uh, with doing this is, you know, we all have um, a life full of interesting people, you know, mm -hmm. that teach us lessons. And sometimes we get so lost in what we're doing that we don't take the opportunity to um, actually talk to people. Right. And so for me, I thought it was just interesting to to get together with people I care about and and have a conversation. So I don't necessarily have an agenda. I might have had some things that I thought I wanted to talk about before last night. <laughs> but um, I think I think um, I think we can have a fruitful conversation. You know, I was thinking it was 20 years ago this August that you and I <laughs> met. Holy buckets. Serious? <laughs> it would have been about 2000. Yeah, yeah, it would have been uh, right. And and I think to myself, I think about, you know, there's been a lot of life that's happened in this mm -hmm. 20 years. Um, and so I guess I'll just start by asking, how are you doing um, with uh, with what we're going through right now? 
related to figuring out what the next four years is going to look like? It, <laughs> wow. It was hard last night. It's, and I think it's still hard today. Mm -hmm. um, going to bed and seeing the map and seeing it red and wondering, well, it, it, and just wondering. But I think to me, um, and I've not been a political person. Like I haven't been someone who canvasses or gets out and, you know, and I found myself doing that. Like I found myself signing up to help text and couldn't mm -hmm. figure out the damn technology, but um, was trying to do something to do something mm -hmm. because it's still really disheartening. Mm -hmm. Even, even if, even if Joe Biden's elected and is the next president mm -hmm. it is still really disheartening to know there is such a huge divide on, uh, on some things that I think are just core and fundamental and so important mm -hmm. to who I am and who, yeah. And so that's really still really, right. really sad. I mean, how do you, for I mean, me. for me, for me, this, the challenge has really been like, like just have I been gaslit? Like, mm. like is what I think a decent human being actually not what a decent human being is. And I think, you know, Inevitably, he may, based on what we've seen today, you know, Joe Biden may be elected, but that still means that 50% of our country believes that the current individual that's in office is a decent enough human being that he should be our president. And so I'm wondering if you've had those conversations with yourself about trying to understand the, the mindset of someone that in, in all aspects of our life has been a decent person. Like I have people in my own life that aren't in my life anymore. And mm -hmm. it's perfectly acceptable because they believe that what he is saying is far more important than what his actions are. And I'm mm -hmm. wondering if you've had those internal sort of thoughts amongst yourself about, about what does it say about us as a nation that um, half of us, think this is okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's the part that's so disheartening. And, and I don't necessarily like, I wouldn't use the, I don't go to half of the, let's say half of the U S yeah, citizens yeah, I got have you. voted for someone who's decent. Like, I don't think he is decent. And I don't think that is necessarily then what that vote translates to. It scares yeah. me that yeah. over these four years, there has been a door open to be racist, to be mm -hmm. homophobic, to be everything that I would say is undecent and that right. people are wanting to walk through that door. I know then I get really stuck at being single issue minded or someone yeah, can yeah. say I'm single issue minded um, because it's hard for me to equate if you are a person of color, if you are a woman, if you are someone who identifies as GLBTQ, and if you have voted for Trump, I, I, that is something I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. Because I mean, I was policies. looking at Miami Dade. Yeah. I was looking at Miami Dade last night, mm -hmm. you know, those counties. And I'm thinking to myself, if you're someone who, who immigrated to our country mm -hmm. and you're voting for a man who's been locking people up in cages, and if he had been president, wouldn't have allowed you to come to our country. Mm -hmm. I just don't, 
I, I am struggling to try to understand what the purpose is. Like I try in my life, mm-hmm. like I believe there is a grand purpose to everything. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for everything. And this is something that I just can't wrap my brain around the reason. Mm. And I'm curious your thoughts on, on where this is leading us. I, I think it's been stoked by the fear. Like, and I think mm-hmm. again, going like looking at the population in Miami-Dade mm-hmm. and thinking that if folks were coming to the country via Cuba or other, some other socialist society, hearing the message yeah. and the fear of Joe Biden or the other side being socialist. And if that is something that you were needing to escape or run from, and that fear is so big for you, I can, I can see and I can understand why right. someone then would vote for him, as well as I think of like, the last time around, or I'll just go you know, for people who fear immigration and jobs yeah. being taken away. Yeah. Like I, I yeah. get, I, yeah. I cognitively understand how someone could then go, okay, well, that is so big for me. I don't want that to happen. And then they neglect everything else. Like, and that's the part for me where I think of like, we have let and I'll even say me at this point, like I've let my fear dictate mm-hmm. who I am. And that's not who I want to be. That's not mm-hmm. what I mm-hmm. think is the good for, you know, greater global society because mm-hmm. yeah, just because. Mm-hmm. Well, and so then, you know, I was having a conversation, you know, with a buddy today about social media mm-hmm. and the impact that, um, micro targeting people's fears and aggression. Have you ha- have you watched the social dilemma on Netflix yet? I've watched much of it. <laughs> okay. And so I guess I'm I'm curious from your perspective the as someone who uses social media in their business and has used social media in their business and works with um, a population university age students that probably get a large portion of their information through their social media networks. What are your thoughts on on the beast that social media has become um, for us as a society? I feel like we have found exactly what we want to find. Mm. Meaning we mm. we do not and we don't go outside mm. of our comfort zone mm-hmm. to want to turn on turn on Fox News to mm. admit that CNN is, in my opinion just as biased as Fox News, yeah. but it's the bias yeah. that I want to hear. Yeah. So I don't have as much, you yeah. know, aversion to it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I think that's the part where I heard someone say something just this last week about critical thinking skills. And I think it's, for me, social media feeds that desire that I don't have to think critically or deep because I'm getting exactly what I want to be able to see. How do we change it? Is it just turning it off? I mean, I haven't been on Facebook in six weeks. I made this mm. commitment mm-hmm. that I that I just didn't want to. I just didn't want to feed in to what I don't know is true, mm-hmm. and so mm. how do we how do we change it, or do we need to change it? I don't know. I um I think we need to take it in the context in which it is. Meaning, mm-hmm. I I hope. 
I can understand when I'm looking at Facebook or looking at social media, again, I have filtered it in a way that, again, I want to see everything I want to see. Yeah, yeah. And I can get stuck in that rut, believing that is the truth. And it reminds me of like a, it reminds me of a conversation I had probably about four weeks ago with someone who is very like-minded, um, very similar on social issues and things like that. And when I said, well, you've got to believe that CNN is also biased, her, their eyes lit up and like, what? No. I'm like, oh, come on. They are telling me the story I want to hear. Mm-hmm. from a, uh, a very biased perspective. And I think that's mm-hmm. the part where I'm hoping I can bring it for me. And I hope we can bring enough mm-hmm. um, context to ask a question and to mm-hmm. ask a question like, you know, I- I've started to turn on Fox News. <laughs> Fox mm-hmm. News has landed in my lineup where I'm like, I just got to see what the other channel is reporting. <laughs> like, is it as crazy as... I believe um, because there are times I watch CNN and I get angst and crazed mm-hmm. because of what they're saying, but they're saying stuff I like, I want to hear. Mm-hmm. So I, I have to balance it out. And that's where I think mm-hmm. about like the, like mm-hmm. the thing that I can control is to balance maybe something, right. get multiple right. perspectives. Don't just rely right. on one source to find my information. Right. Right. Where do you find your sanity? Hmm. Well, you, I mean, you know, I've got this place in Amory now where we, Eric and I've had for five years. Right. And while I get on the internet and I do work from there, um, but it's like, it's out in the middle of the woods. Um, And not that I'm a nature outside person, but it's just that escape from like, I'll say the city (laughs) and that different change of pace. It's that different scenery that like I'm, and I'll just say, if I go back to the whole, like change my context, like I pull myself out every weekend, fortunate and luxury to be able to do that. But it does shift my way of thinking um, Mm -hmm. and slows me down. I think that's Mm -hmm. the part that maybe brings me some sanity. I wish I could tell you, oh, Thomas, I'm still working out every day and I'm meditating and I'm eating right. Yeah, no, that ain't, that's why they call it all practice, right? That ain't all the truth. <laughs> I mean, I think I, I look back at even March mm-hmm. and this pandemic and COVID-19. And I think one of the positive things it's done for us is it's caused everyone to slow down. It's caused everyone to potentially look at the value of relationships in our lives. And so I'm 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 curious if um, changes that were forced on you in your life because of this in March are going to be things that are gonna stick with you moving forward. Have there been positive impacts in your life, your outlook in relationships, your outlook to the world in being forced to slow down? I probably have been I mean, I'm an extrovert. Uh, I do, mm-hmm. to some degree, I will say, enjoy being around people. I do, though, think that like I have been pretty fine uh, with pretty fine because I've got someone I share my life with, Eric. So like mm-hmm. I, I recognize like uh, you know we have spent time together. We've spent alone time together, um, and that's the part where I go, okay, what do I really need? okay, I kind of figured that out. Like I need, I need him. I need the Mm. life we have. Um, I have missed to a, I'll say to a small degree, I've missed like seeing my family, you know, but they they live outside Chicago, but, um, and my brother's in Pennsylvania. 
Um, but for the most part, I mean, I think I've grown really accustomed to being with Eric and us finding our way together as well as finding mm. our individual paths together. Hmm. How is how how is your relationship evolved because of this? I mean, have you learned new things about each other? Maybe things that that the spinning up of life sort of caused us to deal with or ignore or maybe had the epiphanies that this is something else great about you that I am seeing now. Does that make sense? It does. And I've thought of like four things that I don't remember, really remember what you asked me about, but like these are the four things that were coming up as you were talking about that. Um, because I will, I, I will go back and like I think the thing, the things that I have learned about Eric and I or the relationship is, I'll say we we are two really different people, you know, and I think we connect over those um, downtimes, whether it's, I mean. <laughs> Our meals are like sitting on the couch in front of a TV watching, you know, some sort of a show together, which might sound like, are you really connected? No, but like that is a real like way for us to be able to just relax, let loose. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, I hope that we have continued to discover we don't have to put any, any airs of perfection with each other. Um, and I don't know if that's like because of the times we're in now or what, but it's we've been together now. It's it'll be almost like twenty five years, I think. Um, so there's a lot of that there. Um, I think the thing that I wonder about, you know, in because we both are working at home, and although I'm up in my office and he's down in his basement, we still see each other a lot more like during the day than we've done when we had to like go to a place to work. But then sometimes in the evenings, it's like, okay, we still, we want to go now do our own thing because maybe we've been unlocked in the house together, <laughs> you know, even though we're not together, um, that seems different. And I don't know, I don't, I, I don't know what to make about that one, okay. except that we both have individual lives that are continued to be intertwined. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking also back about Augsburg and uh, strangely enough, I think one of the things that has kept you and I connected is exercise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah, strangely, yeah. as strangely as as that might sound, because I was thinking about the whole body for life thing, like oh, yeah, yeah, twenty years ago. Um, and so I think I know for me that journey has been a very enlightening um, journey that's led me to a place of sort of self acceptance and love mm -hmm. and an understanding of who I am. And I'm and I'm curious how that exercise fitness, how that settled in for you over the last 20 years, because I think, yeah. I think it's, it's sometimes we get caught into doing something for an intention, but then the actual result is something completely opposite than what we thought. And so I'm, I'm curious how exercise and that journey to physical fitness and self-acceptance and self-love as as you in this body what what that 20 years has taught you about yourself and where you've settled in margaret cho gosh, for gosh. instance i think about yeah. margaret cho yeah. talking about loving and accepting herself mm -hmm. exactly the way that i am and maybe this is the body i was meant to be 
And so I'm, I'm curious, I'm curious where that settled for you. I have struggled with body image. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that is, um, part of it is, um, you might get this like, or other people get this. Like uh, sometimes I don't see what I see in the mirror, like in the mirror. Yeah, 100%. For good or for bad. Like sometimes 100%. if I've, if I've gained weight, I don't, yes. I'm not going to see that. I still see like what I felt like I see, you know, doing that transformation 100%. challenge that first time. Or when I'm doing, when I've like lost weight and I've been working out, I still see someone who weighed, you know, 260 and there's no, <laughs> like, I, I just don't feel that's the part that I know I, um, am on a journey on. So even, even you saying uh, self-acceptance, I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I'm self-acceptance. I'm on that journey, but it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I do think though, that for me, I have enjoyed because I, I did like, you were the one who got me going to orange theory. Like I saw your posts all the time and I got excited and I loved that for the year and a half that I did it before COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the eight months, I can probably count on two handfuls of like how many times I've actually worked out. Um, and I know that's a direct correlation to who I, how I feel. Um, right, 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 right. So I think for me, that part of n understanding the importance there, <laughs> I did, I just tripped myself up. I understand it. It always doesn't get me across the gap or the bridge right, to the right, doing. Right, right, um, right, right. I mean, I think that's the thing is that I've learned is it's all about discipline. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what I need to do. And so yeah. the choice is mine as to whether or not I have the discipline. And I say this even the last two days. I am just not in a space and I have been selfish and I did not go for a run yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I late canceled my orange theory today, <laughs> but I said to myself this afternoon, I said, okay, you're going to give yourself two days. And tomorrow when I come up with excuses about not wanting to go for a run, it's for me, it's having the discipline mm -hmm. to push past all of the excuses I can come up with to not walk out the door. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, that's for me, the place that I got to is understanding the the discipline and how I feel about myself for me yeah. it, at this point in my life it's not about being sexy right it's about being able to move when I'm 70. I agree that's ultimately what it's I about agree. now <laughs> it's maintenance it's mm -hmm. not like and so um one of the other things that I that I think you and I have shared in common is a love of live music Let's go back to this workout piece for a oh, minute sorry. before we go. go to, ahead. That's okay. No, no, no I, I appreciate it. I want to ask you, like, I know I'm better when I'm better. Does that make sense? So like, I 100%. know when I'm working out, I'm eating better. When I'm moving, 100%. I'm doing stuff and I feel better. But I'm also tripped up by that success piece because then I kind of rely on, oh my gosh, you've been doing this, you know, for X mm. amount of time. Or let's just say, I've been doing something really good for five days. I should take today off kind of a thing. And that's where I feel like then I get trapped and go down the rabbit hole. And then it's almost like, okay, it's hard. It's harder to go. Like, let's just say it's harder to go yeah, back yeah. to the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can lie to myself and go, okay, tomorrow. No, no, I got you. And I'm wondering, like, I understand discipline. And then how do you pull yourself out of that? 
I think it's accepting mm -hmm. that it happened. Got it. And not wishing something else had happened. And so interesting, I spent three weeks in Asheville with my buddy, mm. Brian. Uh -huh. And usually when I travel, I use that as an excuse yeah. not to exercise. Mm -hmm. This is the first time I went for a run four days a week mm. when I was in Asheville. Oh, and great. for me, it's, it's also coming to realize that yesterday was yesterday. Mm -hmm. I can always start again tomorrow. I can always start again 10 minutes from now. And I know that you know, every decision we make has consequences. Mm -hmm. And so what I try to ask myself is whether or not I considered the consequences and accepted them before I made the decision. If I considered positive or negative or whatever the consequence is, and I still made the decision, then I thought about what I was going to do. And I've accepted the fact that if I eat that quarter pounder with cheese, I am going to feel like crap. Mm -hmm. If I, so when I feel like crap, I know that's happening. And I made the decision understanding what the consequence is. I think the place that I've come in my life is I don't like those consequences mm -hmm. anymore. I don't like the way I feel if I have too much wine or too much cider or too much. I don't like the way I feel if I, if I make poor eating choices. And so for me, the motivation is, is I know the result. I know the result. And so I also know how I feel mm -hmm. when I eat something that is more appropriate for me. I know that I am able to move more. I know that I feel better. And so for me, it's not about limiting what I do. It's understanding the consequences of my choices and yeah. accepting those consequences. Because one of the challenges we have is, at least for me, is I spent so much of my life blaming everyone else for my choices, mm -hmm. blaming everyone else for my consequences. Well, so-and-so made me do this. My grandmother made me do this. Hmm. Someone taught me these lessons. Someone did this. I'm the only one right. that is in charge of me. And yeah. so coming to a place in my life where I am okay 100% with the good, the bad, the happy, the messy, the all of those things mm -hmm. is one of the most important lessons for me. The other lesson for me is, is it is a privilege for me to be in your life. Mm. It is a privilege for me to be in your life and no one has the right or responsibility to make me feel less about myself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Relationships are a choice. Yeah. You know, being a people pleaser, I spent too much of my life <laughs> worrying about how someone else was feeling instead of my own feelings. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't yeah. love or respect me. I don't have to let you treat me like crap. Right. I, and I'm harboring, I will say, um, there's two things I would say. Like I've made that shift with drinking. Like I stopped drinking 10 years yeah. ago based on everything yeah, yeah. you were saying. Yeah, yeah. The consequences piece. However, that hasn't translated to food with me. And I'm, you know, and so I'm, as you were talking about this, like I'm curious, I'm like, oh gosh, what, what is it that, why hasn't that connected with me on that issue yeah. or just other issues, you know, I'll just yeah. say, you know, but like in that one drinking piece, that one really connected with me. And yeah, I haven't, 
have it. Well, I have um, my 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 other my other good friend here in DC, Kevin, mm-hmm. who food is is food is something that I think we don't like to talk about. Mm-hmm. When I eat a juicy hamburger, it's separating why that is causing me pleasure. Completely. Part of it for me is is I'm eating my feelings. Mm-hmm. The other part of it is, is I really love the way a juicy hamburger tastes. Mm-hmm. And so how can I find ways to satisfy both of those places mm-hmm. and not have as negative a consequences? If that makes any sense to you. That makes sense, yeah. And so the interesting thing is, is, is I love to eat. Everyone in my life, like I was just in Asheville and Brian's like, I just like to sit and watch you eat <laughs> because of your face and how you get excited about things. And so for me, if I'm going to have a hamburger, I am not going to McDonald's anymore. I am not going to waste that impact on my body with a substandard hamburger. I am <laughs> going great. to have a great fucking hamburger. And so that's the way it's filled me mm-hmm. is I'm going to enjoy the food. I'm going to realize that that hamburger is not about satiating me. It's about the person who raised the cow that's going in my hamburger. It's mm-hmm. about the farmer who raised the lettuce and the tomatoes and the onions that are on my hamburger. It's about the person who made the cheese and the yeast My mouth is that are in the, I mean, and the yeast that's in the <laughs> cheese and the person who built that hamburger for me. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's trying to find that shift in my life about where it came from. Mm. I take snails, mm. for instance. So you I heard those the other day, didn't you? I, I saw did, I did. Photo. Yeah, so I, saw, like, I, am, I know I'm getting old because I love to watch CBS Sunday morning and we- Me too. <laughs> It's the most, it's the highlight of my week. And I remember several years ago, the story about a snail farmer in New Jersey. Hmm. This young man who worked at Noma in Copenhagen and uh, wanted to start farming snails. And there were no snail farmers in the US. But when you order perishable things, it's crazy expensive to ship them. Well, two weekends ago, they had free shipping. And I said, I'm going to order me some damn snails. Wow. And I ordered these snails and my buddy Kevin was here last weekend. And it's not just about eating the snail. It's about knowing the story behind Mm -hmm. why this person made a change in their life Mm. and thought this little creature that many of us just walk by and think is slimy and disgusting is worth such a significant value for him. So as I was eating this snail, I'm not just eating this delicious creature. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about everything that went into it. And I think that's what we as Western people in this consumer mentality tend to not do. We don't think yeah. about where stuff came from. So for me, yeah, I like a good crappy fast food hamburger occasionally, but I also love going down the street, mm-hmm. ordering my bagel sandwich talking to the person who's making my sandwich and 
learning where it all came from and why they are making that bagel sandwich. So you, you, you mentioned we've known each other now for 20 years. And I remember we were in the same car, right? Picking up Sarah Weddington. Yes. Okay. And I asked her, how, like, what's it like to be you? Like, I, I, I can see us in that car, my Dodge Shadow at the time. I can still see that. Like, it's hysterical. I asked Sarah Wedding Day, what is it like to be you? So now I've known you for 20 years. And how I've seen you in these 20 years, like when our paths have connected, and I remember yeah, yeah. you speaking at a college and I was there and we had, and we've seen each other at Adele and what have been those impact moments for you to get to the place where you are today to be that connected to that thought you just had about knowing the snail yeah, farmer? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I know that's like, I know there's 20 years of development no, no, no. there, but I'm curious. I think it's relationships for me. Mm, mm -hmm. I think it's understanding the value of relationships. Mm -hmm. um, I look at, at us meeting 20 years ago. You have no idea the impact in me becoming me that you being in my life has had. And I say this, that those connections for me are about, are about relationships, about having an opportunity to step back and realize when I have made a poor decision that has negatively impacted someone's life mm -hmm. and own it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not walking away from the difficult situations for me. It's not, it's not, it's running towards them <laughs> to a certain degree. You know, I think um, coming to those understandings for me are more about not wanting to go back than yeah. moving forward. And I say this interestingly enough. So again, I was in Asheville a few weeks ago and I've settled into practicing this form of Peruvian shamanism for the last 10 years is what mm -hmm. my connection okay. to that which is greater has been. And in this practice, plants are teachers, so to speak. Mm. And so this last trip to Asheville um, was engaging in an ayahuasca ceremony. Mm, okay. Um, and I, it is the single most profound experience of my life. Think of 20 years worth of therapy in three hours. And I don't, I don't say that lightly. And I say this to realize that all of this journey in my life has been to a place of realizing that I don't have to carry the shame. Mm. I don't have to carry the expectation everybody else has for me. I was in this sort of yurt with this people, with this community that has become my second family. I would move to Asheville in a heartbeat if I could. And I realized that I had this group of people that regardless of how messy I was, regardless of all of the stuff that had been pouring out of my body for the last two hours, they were gonna wrap their arms around me. Mm. They were gonna say, we love you. We're going to be there for you. And it doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. And it's those relationships in my life that I have neglected, but have had that value mm -hmm. that have had the most impact on me. 
And so being able to actually look at someone now and say, I love you and I see you and I value you and mean it is ridiculously amazing to me. And the gratitude because I have been blessed to have so many, so many, but not so many um, people in my life that regardless of, I may not talk to you for a couple of years, but if we were sitting together in your living room or in my living room, it would have been like we had lunch yesterday. And so it's recognizing the value of those. I know <laughs> I was looking it's at those a, pictures it's earlier. On my too. bulletin board. It's <laughs> up on my bulletin board right here. I had to grab it and show you that picture of you and I and Adele. And, because that is Can like I, I feel, yeah, that is that part of when you say relationship and just picking up, like it's just picking up. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate that when music starts spinning again, you're the person in my life that we could say, hey, uh, so and so is going to be performing in uh, Cleveland. What is this weekend like? Fuck, Let's get, get together over this yeah. and do <laughs> yes. this. And so, and so I guess I, I wonder from you too, do, what do those relationships mean in your life? Do you have those individuals that, that sort of help you focus on the essence of who you are and don't expect you to be anything other than mm. Jeff? That's the value for mm. me that, I've been reflecting on are those people in my life that 100% I can be with and they expect me to be nothing, nothing other than who I am at that moment. And how do we cultivate being that person for other people? Mm -hmm. Do you see what I mean? I do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, um, I don't have a whole lot of friends. Like yeah. I, I like I'm not uh, and and moving to Minneapolis after grad school, you know, I didn't know anybody. I met Eric right away. We've been together. His friends have become my friends. I'm not I have tennis friends. And I say that, you know, you know, the friends I see, you know, I see them mainly during the summer and we're playing tennis together. We don't necessarily get out to socialize beyond that. And there's parts of me that, um, oh, there's parts of me, I, I'll say I'm fine with that, but I don't really know if I believe that or- No, no, I hear you. And I'm not necessarily one to do anything different than that. Oh, yeah. But like, I, I, ha I feel like you're someone I can pick up with no matter how long yeah, you've yeah. been in between. I've got another friend from college um, that no matter how long or what has happened, uh, we can pick up and she and I have been in each other's lives, you know, at the very best and worst times. Uh, you Why know, do I, I say, is that Jody? Like, Didn't you have a friend named Jody? Uh, her, um, I thought you no, had a friend her name named is Tammy. Jody. Oh, I've Tammy. got a sister-in-law okay. named Jody. No, 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 no. It's Tammy. Tammy Reynolds is my friend's name. Reynolds yeah, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. in college and, um, and she has been one that like, anytime I would go back yeah, yeah. to go visit my family, we'd always get together for coffee she now, you know, in the last five or so years, guys got married, has had a couple yeah, yeah. kids. We've seen each other less and less, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. Or like our texts or our yeah, phone yeah. calls or those spontaneous pieces where you just pick up right where you go. So I have a couple of those in my world, but like I look at, you know, Eric is that like main steady mm -hmm. for me mm -hmm. that 
he does accept me, I believe, for like who I am. And I don't really feel like I have to be anything different. There's parts of times I wish I was different at times so they didn't see all of that. But like, you know, I think that's the part where that relationship, and I know I keep coming around this, but I think, gosh, I, I know I'm fortunate enough, fortunate. And Erica's like the first guy I really dated and, you know, fell in love with. And, you know, it's been 23, 24 years. Right, right. Well, and I, and I say this to the two of you, honestly, I think of two couples. Mm-hmm. One was Steve and Steve when I was at the Baptist College in Texas. And the other are you and Eric, mm. who, who at, at I'm going to start crying, at pivotal points in my life, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to me, unbeknownst to any of you, expressed what was possible. Mm. expressed what was mm. acceptable because, you know, I have so much appreciation for you as a human being. And um, whether or not it was internal or anywhere, the level of acceptance you had for you and your life mm. and your relationship, um, know, know how much that impacted the self-respect that I developed for myself. Oh, that's great. And I say that, you know, 100, 100%. Because, you know, sometimes we go through life not understanding or not seeing or not wanting to see the impact that we have on other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's when we can have that reflected back to us and accept it, for me, the accepting part is very difficult. I do not like people to tell me thank you. Mm. It, it's the most uncomfortable thing someone could ever do to me. Mm. Um, but I, I appreciate you. And so shifting gears, what are you watching on TV yeah. that you're loving? What am I watching on TV? I'm watching um, Six Feet Under yet again. Uh, <laughs> you know, Because we have the DVD. We're on the fifth season. Um, the end season, we are watching um, The Resident. I know it's been on for a while. Oh, it's but I'm good. Only in, it's good. I'm only in, I think I'm, I think we're still in season. No, we're in season two, like midway yeah, through. He's There's very yummy. Season, right? He's very yummy. Yeah. <laughs> I loved him on The Good Wife. Um, so it was 100. Nice yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, what else are we? I think those are the two things that kind of okay. come to mind. The thing that I will always watch, though, and as soon as we finish Six Feet Under, we're going to watch again is Mad Men. Like, and, and you that, know, I have to, seen? I have to do the last season. I have not watched the last season. Oh, Thomas, come on! Yeah, we've watched the entire series. Did you I watch her sure in Good times. Girls? Did you watch Good Girls? Uh, it's with um, it's with the redhead from Mad yeah. Men and the, and May Whitman from okay. Parenthood. Mm-hmm. And Retta, Retta, the African-American comedian, you must watch it. It's about these two women who start laundering money, these three housewives that are laundering money. It is so good. I feel like I, well, and so it's funny. Um, I am looking in my room because, well, I can see boxes over here. You know, there was one time you posted around. So I listened to you. I listened to like what you buy and what you recommend. (laughs) And 
I went on to Crocs after you bought Crocs a while ago and I got a bunch of them. Um, there was something else you've, oh, well, Apple TV and whatever. Like I, so I listened to your recommendations. I'll be getting, getting the good girls. So it's I good. It's like good. Tidbits you've thrown out there before. So just, just to wrap things up, if you could go yeah. back and um, give yourself a piece, I hate these questions, but I'm going to ask hmm. it anyway. If you could go back and give yourself um, a piece of advice uh, 30 years ago, what would you give yourself? Um, you're gonna, I don't know, I wouldn't have said this unless you told the story. I think um, there's parts that I know um, I've had an opportunity to work with a lot of students, a lot of people. And for me to just be me and demonstrate what that all is, of who I am, how I show up, um, who Eric is in my life, mm -hmm. and to just be that, um, that would be the piece specifically even after just hearing your story mm -hmm. of the impact, you know, our relationship has had on that or what you've mm -hmm. seen in that. Um, because it's always what I hope for. It's always like the yeah. intention, like if when I was still teach, I stopped teaching in, at the U in leadership, but that has always been the hope is that I could be uh, some possibility for whatever that was, nice. whether it was, you know, being gay and being out or having your own business and doing that, or just, you know, being authentic and vulnerable and not having to like, you know, have to put on some airs to pass or to, to feel right. So I think that would be the advice is just, just be you yeah. like, don't, yeah. Don't worry about what I was going to say. Don't worry yeah. about what others are thinking, but that's kind of what you were saying. But right. that would be the piece of advice right. that like after the 30 years, I would have wanted to tell my 20 year old self that. Right. Right. I also <laughs> appreciate that you're someone that takes a risk. Like even just mm -hmm. looking back, this crazy person who came to you and said, I want to bring these five women and this hysterically inappropriate comedian. That's one of my funniest stories is sitting there in that gym of 3,000 people, Jeff, mm -hmm. with Ann Garvey and Margaret Cho. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there going, I'm like, how did you and I, how were we able to do anything else after yep. that evening? And I just, I think that, that for me, <laughs> the lessons are when uh, things are meant to be, they're meant to be. And we were so lucky we had a treasurer who didn't really know how to keep the books. <laughs> I mean, I look back, I look at, you know, I look at those stories and I look at, you know, Dr. Angelo falling flat on her face and you and I being like, oh my God, what's going on? And her getting mad about that introduction from President Clinton. And I look back at just all of the, the joy yeah, yeah. It's about the joy, you know, and I just mm -hmm. have to say, I, I appreciate you and I see you, my friend. Oh, thanks, my friend. So. I'm, I'm glad you um, reached out and wanted to connect. I, um, I was, I'm so, I was so looking forward to this opportunity. And I'm so grateful that we were able to just connect and. Well, you're never far connect. from my thoughts. So let's connect more often, my friend. You know. <laughs> I appreciate you, All brother. Right. I love Have you, a good friend. evening. All right. Love you, you too. too. Bye. Bye.